You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, a podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is Hulk smash Jonathan Strickland. I'm going to eat, pray, and love. That's clever. Yeah, that's that'll be more clever as we get further into this episode. Well, Ariel, before we get started, I, of course, have a question. So, Ariel. Yes. What is a skill you would love to develop? Oh, goodness gracious. All of them. Yeah, I mean, you can pick one. It doesn't have to be your favorite or anything. Um, I would, I mean, I would like to um, be able to fly. Do you, <laughs> do you mean like an airplane or no. like up, up and away? <laughs> That's not a skill. That's a superpower. No, I would really like to be better at martial arts. It's something, it's completely attainable. Um, I keep saying I want to take stunt work and, and, and some more martial forms. And so that's really it. It's high on my list. Okay. That's a good that's al- a good one. Yeah, it goes along with being a barbarian in real life. What about you, Jonathan? I'd like to develop my skill at shopping at Marshalls. Is that for martial true, arts? For real, real? It's the art of art of shopping. No, it's not. I feel like true. I feel like, yeah, you're not being honest. I mean shopping at Marshalls um, is a skill. No. Yeah. No I, uh, I don't have it. 
Uh, but no, 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 no. The I tell you what I what skill I would actually love to develop because I've never been good at it, and I always envied people who took in the time and figured out how to get good at it. That would be roller skating. Ah, yes. I used to be able to roller skate. I wasn't like phenomenal. I could go in a big circle on a rink and that was it. Like I couldn't do any of the, like I couldn't, I certainly couldn't use the brakes properly because if I tried, mm -hmm. I would have just like flipped over Fun. onto my face. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I also had a habit of losing my balance and falling down. And that's how I sprained my wrist once. Cause I did what you're not supposed to do, which is I put my hands out. Um, I, uh, I, I, you know, whereas I've got friends who could do things like they could do the turnaround and skate backwards and, mm -hmm. you know, do some of the, just the cool stuff. And I'm like, I know that this is all outdated in like late seventies, early eighties kind of stuff. Uh, but I've always thought it would be really cool to, to develop that skill. I've just never, like, I, I never went skating enough to ever get good at it. I was always incredibly awkward and uh, one step away from totally wiping out. So I was decent at roller skating. I used to do late skates all the time, but that was years and years and years ago. But I was never very good at rollerblading. I remember back when rollerblades first became like a, a public consumption thing as opposed to just a tool that hockey players use to train in the off season. And I tried them at a fall festival and I went down a, a ramp on them and I grabbed onto the ramp and I got a giant, giant splinter in my hand. And ever since then, I'd kind of been afraid of them because I didn't have the same stability as I did in roller skates. But a lot of my friends have actually picked up roller skating during the pandemic and, and bought pairs and are relearning the skill. Wow. I haven't. But mm -hmm. it is one of those things that I, when I see like a a video of people, like there, there was some music video I watched not too long ago where it had a group of people doing like choreographed skating and they kind of did some dancing along with it. And I was just like, this is cool. I mean, it's very seventies, yeah. but it's cool. Um, I have, so I have pictures of my aunt doing roller disco, like in full costume and everything. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's super cool. Well, we have lots of cool stuff to talk about today. None of it involves roller skating. As far as I know, I mean, maybe there could be roller skating in maybe. some of these things, but I'm not aware of it. But our first thing is something that popped up just before we started recording. And Ariel, why don't you introduce what that is? Disney released its trailer for the She-Hulk series that's coming to Disney+. And Jonathan and I had very different reactions to it. Oh, you didn't like it? I did not. I what? did not. I loved it. I thought the comedy was great and the acting was good, but the CGI faces made me feel like I was back on that old movie, The Polar Express. Yeah, okay, I get it. Like the, especially She-Hulk's face definitely looks more cartoonish than it looks realistic. Uh, and I don't disagree with that. I did think that was probably the weakest part, but I'm able to forgive it simply because it is a Disney Plus series and hopefully it'll be refined a bit before it actually ends up airing but yeah I no hope. there's no there's no denying it the the face of she-hulk is i mean it is very cartoony it looks like a cartoon it does not look like an actual face which is weird because you know they've done this so much like thanos didn't look cartoony didn't look human but it looked like it was like a real face um <clears throat> that is unfortunate but i i love the content 
Yeah, I liked the content. Now, Moon Knight, I guess, is the... Every, all of the other Disney Plus TV shows have seemed okay with their with their um, CGI, even WandaVision, because they used a lot of practical effects in that. Um, Moon Knight looked a little bit CGI, but I was able to get past it in the context of the story. Um, but yeah, this is this is even a step down from that for me, which is a shame. I'm hopeful that when the series comes out, that maybe they will have spent a little more time and that it'll look a little more refined. But yeah, I can see where that's an issue. But but like if you can get past that, I think there's a lot to enjoy there. Like the characterizations were fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also really kind of hoping that we get uh, Matt Murdock showing up in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At one point in the trailer, uh, She-Hulk, who is played by Tatiana Maslany, if you've if you've watched Orphan Black, that's her. She's a great actress. Um, says, "I'm not a superhero," and I expected her to say, "I'm a lawyer," and she didn't. But that's what I expected to come out of her mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, I I suggest people go out, seek it out, watch the trailer, and yeah, if you can get past that cartoon face, see what you think, like. I, I don't know. Maybe I was just feeling uh, very generous because I'm hallucinating due to heat exhaustion. I mean, maybe. But the problem is, like, the first face that I noticed it being weird on was actually Mark Ruffalo, the Hulk's face, because he's in it. And the first time they showed his face, I'm like, well, that looks a little dorpy. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look nearly at the same quality as the films. And you get it. Like, you know that the budget they're working with and the the resources they're working with are a fraction of what they have for the big yeah. ticket Marvel movies, but you do hope that they can at least come close to matching it so that you're consistent. Yep. I will still watch it though. That's going to happen. Cause I used to want to be the she Hulk. Well, are you going to watch Pixar's next big film, which is called elemental? You know, I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of their more recent stuff, honestly. Really? Um, yeah. So I didn't watch the good dinosaur. Well, that's not recent at all, and it's terrible. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember what their other more recent stuff is. Soul. Soul was I did one not of watch more Soul. recent ones. That one's good. I didn't watch Soul. It's, it's good. Inside Out would be another one. I did watch um, Inside Out, which is what this Elemental movie looks like from its very, yeah. uh, it, it, like, we don't know much about it yet, other than it's, it's about, uh, other than some basic um, concept art and a little bit about the premise, which is it's about being in a melting pot city and it's about elements like earth, fire, wind, water, heart. Right, right, right. What in the heart? Uh, what are sorry, you doing? I, Captain Planet. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're not doing our mashup right now, Ariel. And okay. Not, that is okay. not, that's not in our I'm mashup sorry. either. So you just, <laughs> you just Captain Planet yourself backwards a bit. Yeah. The, uh, the, Article we we cite uh, is from Polygon, and it has a, a little passage that says, Elemental takes place in a world where the four elements, fire, water, land, and air, land instead of earth, whatever, are alive and live alongside one another. The movie will follow Ember, a fiery young woman, and Wade, a go-with-the-flow guy. Water, in other words. <laughs> and uh, they have a little bit of a of a like a sketch kind of showing a concept. And yeah, uh, we, we both decided that this looks like it's a mashup of inside out where you have characters who have one defining characteristic 
that that guides their personality and Zootopia, where you have characters who are mismatched, uh, pushed together. Although Inside Out was that too, because you had joy and yeah. sadness together the whole time. So yeah, I don't know. They, like, I'm sure that Pixar will do a lot with this. I'm sure that it'll go mm-hmm. well beyond the little premise we've been told, but just based on the very small amount of information we have, I feel like this is retreading ground. They've already, you know, thoroughly marched across. Possibly. It could also be horrific because in the picture we see, we see the go with the flow. We see the water dude and we see the fire girl, but air and land, they're walking on land and they're walking through air. And also fire needs oxygen to burn, right? So maybe this fire character is constantly burning the air character just by walking through her all the time, assuming the air is a her. Um. <laughs> That's probably going to happen. We're just going to hear, we're not going to be able to hear any any dialogue at all. It'll just be air screaming the entire yes. time. <laughs> um, and that will that'll be, it'll be a very art piece. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, we're not, obviously we're not, we're not sold on this concept yet, but again, it's Pixar. Pixar has a pretty good track record. I don't know how Lightyear is going to come out, but you know, they have a pretty good track record. It looks cute. Um, But our next story is one that I assume uh, has my co-host a little excited. Excited and scared. So David Tennant and Catherine Tate are coming back to Doctor Who for the 60th anniversary in 2023, along with Russell T. Davies. And on the one hand, they were by far my favorite duo. Even though David Tennant was not my favorite doctor, Doctor Ten, which is the doctor he played, and Donna, which is who Catherine Tate played, were my favorite pairing because they had a, a really good friendship and I thought it was, especially as the character grew, as the companion character, Donna, grew, it became pretty balanced. Some people disagree with me there. Um, but I'm also very worried because the end of their arc left them with the doctor wiping Donna's memory and she could never see him or remember him or she would instantly die. So I'm really worried. <laughs> There's so many ways around that. One, uh, well, they could kill her. But two, <laughs> this could be <laughs> no. some... This could be an alternate timeline. It could take place could in the be. past and not have anything to do with current time. Like there's so many ways of having those characters interact with one another that doesn't involve them uh, meeting up in the present timeline of the Doctor Who chronology. So there are true. there are ways. Yeah, I mean it's a show that's all about wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. So. There's entirely the possibility that what we're going to see is maybe the current doctor, which by that time might be shooty, uh, going into the 10th doctor's timeline and interacting that way. And so it's not that those characters are pulled into the most present timeline for the doctor, but rather the doctor goes back to a past timeline. And then you get around all the, the dangerous mind wipey stuff. Yeah, I I guess we'll see. Um, it's a it's a big undertaking for for I feel like Russell T Davies to pick back up on. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, Davies ran the show when it was going through some of its most popular arcs. It was essentially all the way through Tenant, and then he left. 
uh, after Tenet. And in fact, he and Tenet had the same final episode. And yeah, um, yeah we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. We're also going to have to wait and see what our other news items are, because it is time for us to take a break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com how's that heat delirium going jonathan i am sweating my buns off i have no air conditioning in my office and it is hot today uh but sorry it's no hotter than the news which our next news item is about a movie that premiered at the 2022 south by southwest film festival Linoleum. Yes. Uh, you would not think a film titled Linoleum would really fit into kind of our podcast world, but no, Linoleum is a science fiction. There, It's described as a dramedy, drama and comedy, uh, and it stars Jim Gaffigan, the, the actor I always think of who goes, you know... I don't understand. Like, like he has that weird kind of sing songy delivery that he goes is very, very pale as well. Uh, but he plays a, a science, um, host, like a host of a science show meant for children who always wanted to be an astronaut and, uh, a big, uh, ancient satellite <laughs> by ancient. I mean like something from like the eighties or seventies, maybe, ends up crashing in his backyard and convinces him to try and make a rocket out of the satellite, which I have all sorts of problems with (laughs) Mm -hmm. from a, from a science standpoint, but uh, it sounds like the actual film is really charming and unusual. Yeah. Yeah. It veers far away from, from uh, science. It sounds like because there's doppelgangers and cars falling from the sky and, 
all this surrealness. Um, I also like it because I think it's uh, Rhea Seahorn's playing his wife and she's in Better Call Saul and she's a brilliant actress. Um, she's really good at playing like friendly but straight, like deadpan. It's really good at that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it sounds like this was one of those things that kind of, you know, kind of sparked something in my head, which is that based on the write-up I, we read, it sounds like they're playing with some sort of um, parallel universe kind of stuff. And I just thought it's interesting to see that there are so many different properties coming out that are playing with that. Everything obviously from Marvel with the multiverse mm-hmm. to the real world area where you have all these companies getting into the metaverse, which is sort of just a virtual parallel reality, if you want to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this has really kind of become a go-to trope. It has. Uh, and I'll also say like this, this is a film that kind of snuck under our radar um, because of all the Marvel and, and, and bigger stuff like that, that a couple of sci-fi things are coming out soon that, I've completely missed. I think Jonathan is completely missed too. Um, another one is a, a film TV show film, something like that called night sky. That's coming out with Sissy spec SpaceX and uh, JK Simmons, not EE e. Cummings. Like I keep calling him, not EE not e. Cummings, <laughs> which is a very different person. JK Simmons, <laughs> AKA J Jonah Jameson, not, not yes. the, not the, not the poet. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a series. It's a series that is, uh, it follows some characters who have discovered that their house has a portal that goes to an abandoned world and, um, very odd. Like I couldn't quite get a handle on what the tone or story of that series really is. It looks like it's going to, I mean, it's a drama, and it looks like it's, there's going to be some um, some potential thriller aspects to it, but also there it looks very wistful. It does. Um, it, it's it's very much in my wheelhouse of what I'm interested in watching, um, and it really just means I've got to be more careful about seeing the smaller things that are not remakes, redos, uh, big continuations, Marvel movies, yeah. Marvel movies that are coming out. I really got to dive deeper into the news. Uh, but if you want to watch Night Sky, that actually comes out on May 20th. So possibly by the time you are listening to this, it's technically yeah. Friday, but you may not listen to this as soon as it comes out. Right. In which case, what are you, a slacker? I mean, I am, it's summer, Jonathan. I'm not going to blame people uh, <laughs> for slacking. But also, you know who's not slacking and who will not let us miss anything that's coming out that they think will be a big hit? I'm going to guess you're going to say Netflix, even though we know for a fact that that's the same company that recently axed pretty much all of its animated projects. Yeah, I'm really sad about that, but not not all of them. There are some new animated projects coming out, such as The Sea Beast, Cuphead, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, uh, and some other things that I'm not as familiar with uh, because Netflix has released its Geeked Week 2022 trailer that shows all of like the biggest properties that they're excited about showing, including some games, things like Stranger Things 4, Resident Evil, Umbrella Academy, uh, The Gray Man, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, uh, the the Geeked Week week itself starts, I think, June 6th and goes through the 10th, mm-hmm. but yeah. we're already getting teased about it now. 
Um, I'm really interested to see more about Sandman. That's the one that I'm really curious about. Everybody I know is excited about Sandman. Um, I'm currently rewatching Good Omens with my friends. So yeah, yes. yeah. I was just about to say like like Good Omens was such a a nice adaptation. Uh, Sandman's a very different story from Good Omens. Has mm-hmm. some really dark stuff in it, especially in those early issues. Well, really through the whole thing. But um, it makes me very curious about the adaptation. So yeah, I am I am interested to see what else comes out uh, during Geeked Week. Uh, including Spiderhead, correct? Spiderhead, probably. Yeah, I'm guessing. Like, So uh, I wanted to talk about Spiderhead because we watched a trailer for that for during our lineup. And Spiderhead is an adaptation of a short story, which I believe is titled Escape from Spiderhead. It was published in The New Yorker. It's actually available to read for free online. Though, warning, it's... Definitely a story for older readers. It has a lot of not safe for work kind of words and content in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it has Chris Hemsworth in the film adaptation playing this almost sociopathic administrator of a facility. And the trailer pretty much makes it clear that this facility is an alternative to prison worse alternative to prison. Oh yeah. No, but that's not clear immediately. Like, like the selling point is, that you are given the opportunity to spend your time at this facility and take part in medical experiments. And as a result of taking part in those experiments, you take time off your sentence. Um, And uh, in the the trailer, it's clear that each person there has a device surgically attached to the base of their spine that uh, administers different types of drugs to the participants and those drugs have incredible effects on the people's thoughts and, and behaviors. Now in the story, it's made clear that these drugs can make you do pretty much anything. Like it it can alter your brain chemistry so precisely that very, very specific uh, behaviors result as, as, uh, as part of that. So like you might suddenly become much more descriptive and your vocabulary increases tenfold. And that is obviously unrealistic, but it's one of the, the ways, one of the things that can happen with these drugs. The story is really dark. Um, and I think that the trailer suggests that the series is going to, uh, or the movie is going to go in a very different direction in the sense that the, in the story, the main character does not develop any kind of, uh, personal feelings for any of the other characters in the, in the story. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't wish them harm, but he doesn't have any feelings for them either. Whereas in the trailer, it appears that he does in fact develop actual feelings for another person in the program, uh, which is a very different take. And I'm curious after having read the story, I'm curious to see how the movie treats it. Uh, yeah. I'm a little scared. It's going to fall into that with, and I don't want you to spoil it for me that it's going to fall into that uh, too bleak for me category, like Z for Zachariah or a lot of the other sci-fis that have miserable endings. I'll say this. If it follows the short story, it definitely will. <laughs> cool, cool. So I'll let you watch it and then tell everybody about it, and I will live vicariously through you. Sure. I mean, well, at least at least I can watch it and tell you whether or not the... Like, I would... the Probably the most I would say is whether the ending is 
true to the ending of the short story. I have a suspicion it will be a 180 from the ending of the short mm-hmm. story and that it'll be almost like the opposite outcome. However, if they have guts, they will have it in the way the short story ends. And we're talking about something like the original ending of Brazil in that case. Oof. Spoiler, Oof. spoiler, if you know what Brazil, how Brazil ended. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I feel a little bit hypocritical because I do kind of plan on watching the movie Prey that is coming to Hulu this year. Yeah, it's not it's not the middle chapter of Eat, Pray, Love, which is kind of what I was joking about earlier. Yeah, I thought it was very clever. It's P-R-E-Y, which, (laughs) you know, it's about it's a prequel to Predator. And I guess Predators do eat and they do P-R-E-Y. I don't know if they love. They I mean, they have to. So they, they, they have to at least eat. Yeah. And maybe, maybe love is being too, we don't know if they have emotions apart from laughing at Arnold Schwarzenegger. We know that they find Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) funny because there's Mm -hmm. that bit, (laughs) but, um, yeah. So, so when I started this trailer, cause I had, I went into it blind, except knowing that the title was prey. As soon as it started, I went, is this a predator movie? And then there was that moment where the little (laughs) red laser lights show up and then you hear the clicking, sound of the predator growl and i'm like oh yeah it's a predator movie yeah yeah and it's 300 years before the first predator movie uh it deals with the comanche nation and the main character naru uh who is a highly skilled warrior who is protecting her family her her nation from predators and i thought it was really interesting because they want to they want to portray the comanche nation really well and they want to do do right by this indigenous culture, but at the same time, they're pitting them against predators, and that feels like a really weird mix to me. I mean, I can see it being respectful if done properly, but I could also mm-hmm. see it becoming exploitative if done poorly. Yeah. Um, but we've already had predator movies that did made some really, really bad choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, a recent one, in, in fact, which which treated things like autism and mental illness as like a punchline that was a really bad call uh yeah but um but yeah i i I don't know like i've i don't have a deep love of the predator franchise not not anywhere close to how i feel about at least the first two alien movies Mm -hmm. Um, i like the very first predator movie and the second one i like just fine and then after that i do not care I mean, same way, but I feel the same way about Alien. The thing that makes me really interested in this movie uh, is that Dan Trachtenberg is directing it, I believe. And he made 10 Cloverfield Mm -hmm. Lane, which I thought was an amazing movie. It was so nuanced and well acted and suspenseful and scary without going over the top. Like it was just, it was masterfully done, I would say. I would have loved it more if it had ended uh, one act earlier. Cause I, I, I love 10, that. I love 10 Cloverfield lane, but I feel like the ending loses its way. Like, I feel like the ending could have come 20 minutes earlier. There's an event that happens mm-hmm. that I'm not going to say, cause I don't want to spoil it. Cause it really is a movie that you should watch. Uh, John mm-hmm. Goodman is so intimidating in that film. Like yes. it's a master class of playing a terrifying character without having to do too much. Like, like actual violence. Like the violence is always, you can tell it's like one step away, but he doesn't have to be violent to be incredibly scary. And Um, he doesn't have to try to be scary to be incredibly scary. Like, 
It's phenomenal. It's a, it's, yeah. it's one of my favorite performances. Uh, but yes. yeah, like, like, uh, that does give me some hope that this will be a really like intense and interesting film, but yeah, we'll have to, mm-hmm. we'll have to see when it comes out. Um, yeah. Okay. Well that, those were the news items that we picked. We had like, as always a, an embarrassment of riches, but we'll have to probably save some of that for future episodes, or maybe we'll talk about stuff when they're further along for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, it is mashup time. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com I apologize to everybody for this mashup choice. Um, well, we started with three options and I was the one who picked the out of the three. So Ariel did give me choices and then I was the one who picked it. So tell them what we picked. We picked two properties based off of this week's news. One is Resident Evil, and the other is This Is Spinal Tap. Right. So the two news items that we specifically used as our our, our jumping off point, uh, Netflix released a trailer for the Resident Evil series. Um, I thought it made it look kind of like a zombie movie mixed up with mm-hmm. alien. <laughs> like it really had a, like gave me alien vibes a lot. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't know how, or even if it, it, uh, ties in with existing resident evil lore, apart from the fact that the main character does start off in raccoon city, which is like the, the jumping off point for the resident evil games. But, um, but beyond that, I don't know if there's any other connective tissue with the actual games or if it's a more original story that just takes place in that world. 
Yeah, I th- I think I think the characters uh the the main characters are a couple of girls and I think their dad does work for Umbrella Corporation. So, uh which is yeah. the the big corporation that causes all the problems in Resident Evil. So, I think it ties in. It looks like there's kind of two different realities going on in the show or maybe it's just a before and after. We don't know a whole lot. Honestly, for a, a zombie movie based on a video game that's too gross for me to play, it looked pretty intriguing. Well, I, I'm sure you could play the earlier Resident Evil games. Uh, maybe Village would be a little too much. Um, but uh, yeah, so for those who don't know or aren't familiar with the Resident Evil series, the basic premise is the Umbrella Corporation is really just a a front. It's a pharmaceutical company, but that's a front because the real purpose of the company is to develop uh, viruses that can turn people into biological weapons. And um, most people end up turning into zombies because why not? Some of them turn into giant tentacle monsters because this did come out of Japan. And, um, and so uh, that's, that's essentially all you need to know. It's a survival horror series Typically, you're playing as a person who is sent to investigate or squash uh, the biological weapon type stuff. Obviously, in the first game, it's the discovery process because you don't like it's not a known thing. By the time you get to Resident Evil Village, uh, it is a known thing. Like it's gotten to the point where the United States has bombed cities that had uh, outbreaks. And it's usually It's either the T virus, the G virus, or the C virus. Those are the three, or the progenitor virus, if you want to go way back. But those are like the the various uh, viruses that that, uh, initiate these mutations, which typically means that people turn into zombies. Um, Yeah. Also, in the first game, you could drive a a tank. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like in every other game, uh, you had monsters that were effectively tanks. You also almost always have to d- kill the last monster with a, a, um, uh, a rocket launcher that has become a, a trope in this series. Rocket launchers are kind of like the thing you need to defeat the final boss. And the other mm-hmm. trope is more nine times out of 10, the game ends with wherever you're at self-destructing, like it does, whatever, whatever mm. environment you are in, someone initiates a self-destruct sequence and you have to escape before it blows up. That's, that's literally like, that's like the real hero of the series is the self-destruct button. Um, as for spinal tap, spinal tap <laughs> is, uh, is a, a, a fake band. Well, it's a real band, but it's made up of fake people. Um, are they real like people, McKe- Jonathan? They're just, playing- that's what I just said. It's a, it's, you said it's, fake well, people. I said fake band made of real people. I thought you said real band made of fake people. Oh, maybe I did. Well, that's that's the opposite <laughs> of what I meant. Well, fake people in the sense that the characters, they're, they're fake <laughs> characters played by real actors. The characters <laughs> are played by Michael McKean, <laughs> uh, Christopher Guest, and Harry Shearer. Listen, it is hot and I am hallucinating. You just got to be nice to me. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to read my mashup. Uh, uh, but yeah, so Harry Shearer, Michael McKean and Christopher Guest play the characters, uh, Nigel, David and Derek. And, uh, they're an English, uh, rock band. They started off as being kind of a folk band and then they transitioned to becoming a glam metal band sort of. And, mm-hmm. uh, they take the, on the name Spinal Tap. Rob Reiner plays a character called Marty DeBerge, who is a documentarian following them. And this is Spinal Tap is a 
uh, a classic mockumentary that is supposed to be following the band as they're on tour and they're releasing albums. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely hysterical. Uh, they, they, they actually shot twice as much footage as what they needed. So there, there are on the, on the DVD, you can get a DVD version where there's the outtakes and the outtakes are as long as the original movie and have totally mm-hmm. different material in them. Which is sad they didn't keep it for the sequel that they're coming out with in 2024. Yes, that's the news item. Yes, they are coming out with a sequel where apparently the the um, the story is that the band has a contractual obligation where they have to play this concert. And, uh, they, you know, they haven't seen each other for ages. Like the, the band is kind of all, you know, they're they've split up. Um, mm-hmm. but they have to get back together and play this because they have this contractual obligation and Marty DeBerge's back to film the whole thing. So, uh, I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. I love this is spinal tap. That's the film that has famous quotes that everyone knows. Like this one goes to 11. Yes. Uh, it's really great. Uh, they, there's where the song Stonehenge comes from. Uh, it, I like all of the Christopher guest mockumentaries almost. So uh, I'm very excited for the sequel. Yes. All the actors are coming back. Um, yeah, so, so that's it. If you don't know these properties, you aren't going to follow the, uh, mashups, but that's okay because, um, it's what we're doing anyhow. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I make some references that go a little deep, so not even that deep, but you have to have, you have to be aware of Resident Evil lore to understand mine. (laughs) I haven't watched This Is Spinal Tap in a long time and I've never played Resident Evil. So I kind of wrote myself into a corner before even starting, uh, which means I'm going to start. Uh, okay, this is go for it. This is called Resident Spinal Tap. The Umbrella Corporation was at a standstill. Their experiments to turn animals and other people into zombies had been going well in Raccoon City until an all-too-nosy reporter, Martin Marty DeBerge, noticed something was fishy and decided to do an expose on the town causing the Umbrella Corp to shut down their headquarters and get rid of any remaining biohazards, including all of their experiments. But like any evil corporation, they weren't really gone, just hidden. And now with all eyes on Raccoon City, the Umbrella Corp had to figure out a new way to test their biohazard weapons on the town and the world. And that's when Albert Wesker, who you think is a good guy, but is secretly working for the Umbrella Corporation, saw it. A flyer for a band playing in the neighboring city Possum Town, a band called Spinal Tap. He had heard about their patented up to 11 sound tech hidden in an amp by one of the bandmates, Nigel, and he thought that the Umbrella Corp's latest mutagen might be able to be adapted to be delivered via sound wave. So Albert called Spinal Tap's manager, Ian Faith, and convinced him that their venue had changed to Raccoon City Music Hall instead. Now all that Albert needed to do was to make it into the band's dressing room that night before they were playing, dose their extra beefy amp with the mutagen, and if it worked, in Raccoon City, he would plant a roadie to do the same in each town they traveled to. As of the night of the concert, everything seemed to be going well. The band was playing and the audience started mutating. But the band, feeling a gig is a gig, kept playing through their fear. What Albert and the rest of Umbrella's underground team didn't expect, and honestly, the band didn't expect either, was that Spinal Tap song Stonehenge, once they launched into it, being about banshees and demons, had the side effect of soothing, creeping, mutated monsters. As long as Spinal Tap kept playing, the monsters would be fixated, slowly swaying back and forth in the audience. So play they did. Ian Faith noticed this happening and quickly went to call the National Guard to come in and help. But he was confronted by Albert Wesker. After a brief scuffle that seemed like it was going to go completely 
Albert's favor, Ian found a tank with rocket launchers on, attached to it and jumped into it. Despite it having some clunky controls, Ian was able to maneuver the vehicle <laughs> to stay safe until the National Guard arrived. When the National Guard arrived, they rounded up the mutated audience, uncovered the rest of the Umbrella Corps operation, and finally put an end to the evil once and for all. And Spinal Tap continued their tour. What they didn't see, though, were the additional vials of mutagen hidden in Nigel's amp, just waiting to break by the amp vibrating to 11 and ready to infect future crowds. It was only a matter of time. The end. Dun, dun, dun. So, so... The thing I really loved about your mashup is that you got very meta with the mechanics of the video game itself, because anyone who's familiar with the first two Resident Evil games knows really it's beyond the first two, but the first two in particular, the the controls of those games were very tanky and very difficult, like not the most intuitive or easy to master, especially when mm-hmm. you're trying to do things like aim at an oncoming zombie that's that's shambling down a hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I figure if you if you aren't familiar with fighting mutated creatures, any weapon or vehicle you find is gonna be clunky. <sighs> Very likely. And I love that you included the um the rocket launcher, of course. Uh Thank one you. of the real heroes of the series. All right. Well, here's mine. Mine is titled Evil Taps Back. <clears throat> Spinal Tap has a problem. The band's latest drummer, Reg Bendelstiff, met an <laughs> early end when he drowned while touring a rubber ducky factory. He had fallen into a display pool that only had an inch of water in it, but it proved to be too much. And so once again, the band found itself in want of a drummer. Fortunately, they were able to entice a drummer named Ray of Light famed session drummer for the band Spilt Milk, to join them as they continued their tour. Next stop, Raccoon City. On the outskirts of town, they stopped at a burger joint where Ray insisted on ordering sushi. While documentarian and filmographer Marty DeBerge, once again accompanying the band on its tour, suggested to Ray that maybe it's not the best idea to order sushi off the menu of a greasy spoon burger joint, Ray would have none of it. And... In a tale as old as time, it turned out the sushi was absolutely riddled with T-Virus. And before you could sing the chorus to Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight, Ray began to turn into a mindless zombie. But to be fair, he wasn't the brightest bulb in the utility closet before, and it took the band about seven hours to figure out what was going on, and by then, they had already really done the sound check. While Ray was slowly mutating and growing interesting new appendages, the band had to admit that his sense of rhythm was, at worst, on par with their previous drummers, and so they decided to keep him on. But then, while sitting in the green room of Club Spencer at Raccoon City, Ray really lost his marbles and began to invade the personal space of Derek Smalls, the bass player. Suddenly, the door to the green room burst open, and a buff dude with incredible hair jumped in, gun drawn, and just absolutely unloads on Ray. And it is messy. So there you have Derek, Nigel, and David, the other band members, staring at what just happened, and Nigel says, What? And the buff dude says, You're safe now. And Derek looks at the dude and says, Well, that's good to know. But David says, but where are we going to find another bloody drummer? And the buff dude says, uh, I just saved you from a zombie. And Nigel says, yeah, and you just killed the drummer for spilt milk. And Derek says, no use crying over him, I suppose. And then he gets a little giggle fit. 
for his spilt milk joke. Then David cuts in with, look, we go on in 30 minutes, which means we're on stage in an hour and a half. And we need a bloody drummer. And since you just eliminated our last one, you have to find us a new one. Who the hell are you? And the buff dude says, Leon. Leon Kennedy. And Nigel says, do you play the drums? And Leon, now totally lost, says, a little? Well, that's more than Ray did, says Derek. And right, says David, let's glam you up. And next thing you know, we have a costuming montage as we see Leon Kennedy, famed member of the Division of Security Operations, trying on sparkly jackets and ripped t-shirts until they outfit him kind of like a Napoleonic soldier, which honestly just brings up some pretty bad memories for Leon, but he doesn't put up a fuss about it. That night, Spinal Tap went on to have their most rhythmically consistent show ever. The reviews the following day were outstanding. They sure did keep the beat, the AV Club said. Not once did the drummer catch fire, remarked Rolling Stone magazine. Not as good as Broken Social Scene, read Pitchfork. Well, most of the reviews were fairly positive. Moreover, that night Leon discovered something. He found a sense of joy and excitement in performing. Playing on stage with these somewhat questionable legends was far and away better than traveling to remote locations and wiping out entire populations of people who, through no fault of their own, have become infected with a terrible virus that takes away their free will and turns them into vicious creatures. And so began the renaissance of Spinal Tap, with the band entering into its most prolific period since the early 1980s. The new band put out some incredible new songs, like It Takes a Village to Eat Your Love, Sexed to Death, and the immoral classic my pants are set to self-destruct. The incredible outpouring of work would only last 10 months, however, because while stopping over in Louisiana between gigs, Leon was unfortunately kidnapped by Chris Redfield for reasons that we don't fully understand, but will likely become clear in the next Resident Evil game, maybe. Or definitely in that game's DLC. Or maybe <laughs> the game's sequel. We, we Maybe we'll never know. I, I don't know. I, I can't follow this lore. But anyway, the band was once again in search of a drummer. This time it actually hit a little close to home. They all liked Leon, and his influence on the band was a positive one. But they did get one interested musician when they put out word that they needed a new drummer. A guy named Albert Wesker. A bit odd, and he did have a few too many arms, but seemed very keen on rocking out with the guys on stage. Plus it turns out that pretty much nothing could kill him, so the band figured it was a good investment. And they went on to infect the entire world with their music, and also the C-Virus. It turned out Nigel had caught that way back in the 70s. The end. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, that was that was brilliant. Um, and I liked, I liked all the drummer fiasco, because that's something I keep forgetting happens in Spinal Tap, but it's a big part of it, so. Yeah, yeah, they, they have a, they have really bad luck with drummers. They, they, the drummers in Spinal Tap uh, die in odd and sometimes spectacular ways. Sometimes when they're performing live on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Which really just means I need to go back and watch Spinal Tap again. Oh, it's like so good. Four more times before the sequel comes out in two years. I want to say it was the second DVD I ever bought. Nice. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. It is, and then I loaned it out and I never got it back. Oh. I think I have it's it okay. here I can, too. I can I can buy another one, I guess. 
Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember because the thing that really tickled me about the DVD was that they had a commentary track where the actors were playing their characters doing the mm-hmm. commentary. So it's the, the band doing the commentary of the commentary track. And that was hilarious. Um, well, that was our attempt to mash up. This is spinal tap and resident <laughs> evil, but perhaps you have your own thoughts on how that could be done. How would they get in touch with us to tell us that or anything else they want? Well, they can email us. Our email is LNC at iHeartMedia.com, or you can reach out to us on social media on Twitter. We're LNC underscore podcast and on Instagram and Facebook. We're large Nerdron collider. Yep. And, uh, you know, <laughs> make sure that you tell other people about our show and, and how funny we are unless you don't mm-hmm. like it, in which case tell people you don't like that they should listen to our show. We don't care. Yeah. I mean, we do care if you like us, but, uh, yeah, more listeners is always good and we appreciate it. And we love you all. And until next time, I am Ariel, uh, to 11 Caston. And I am Jonathan. Uh, Oh no, there's a predator Strickland. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. This show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.